I'm Pastor Daniel Morris, and you're listening to Sharing the Bread of Life, a podcast by St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in Skokie, Illinois. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular subscriber, I pray that Christ feeds you from the stories and testimony you'll hear today. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. May the Lord fill you with every good thing, and may you have enough left over to share. The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, but, do, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And he said to them, Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see, until they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his cloths became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were, ta- who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, It is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, 
and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, and the beloved listened to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. This, the Gospel of the Lord. Well, anyone who has played water polo knows that it can be a brutal sport. You wouldn't necessarily know this if you went to watch the local high school team play, because most of the brutality happens underneath the choppy surface. Referees often miss fouls like trading blows or holding your opponent in place or even dunking them under the water. What we, the especially skilled player knows how to manipulate the ref to draw a foul against their opponent. What we see above the water is only half the game. The rest of the game happens beneath the choppy surface. Naturally, the player that can master the game above and the game below becomes the most valued player on the team, the MVP. Jesus was earning a reputation as God's MVP. He repeatedly demonstrated his power over the game above and the game below. With divine authority, he forgave the sins of a man suffering from paralysis and then caused him to walk. Demons cowered before him, and he drove out leprosy with a healing touch. Storms obeyed his command, and his hands divided a meager mouthful into a feast for thousands. Heavenly powers and earthly powers submitted to his authority. This led Peter to declare that Jesus was God's MVP, the Messiah who would carry them to victory. Then Jesus began to teach, saying God's MVP must be fouled, framed, and ejected from the game, and then the call must be overturned. It didn't take divine foreknowledge to know that worldly powers would do everything possible to take Jesus out of the game. Many people already opposed or rejected God's MVP, but Peter couldn't hear it. His life experience taught him that bad calls do not get overturned. It didn't matter to him that God might be playing a bigger game than he realized. They couldn't win without their MVP. There could be no victory without Jesus. Now to us, a life without Jesus seems pretty normal, even natural. We don't have direct access to him like Peter did. We only know him through what others have said about him. We struggle with his availability through the everyday stuff, like water and food and imperfect human relationships. Most of the time, it's easier to see the familiar and the imperfect among us than it is to see Jesus. He's so easily overlooked that we often rely on our own resources for victory instead of his. This is extremely dangerous because our opponent is stronger and more artful than we realize. Our opponent's greatest trick is to convince us 
that we can do this, that we can win without God's MVP. Last week, the Boy Scouts of America filed for bankruptcy to help adults who were harmed in the program as children. The Boy Scouts are only the most recent organization to reckon with allegations in a wave that includes schools, sports teams, and churches. The Boy Scout National Chair, Jim Turley, posted an open letter to victims last week. His grief and his outrage were plain in the letter. Grief that the vulnerable were harmed. Outrage that individuals used a program like scouting to do harm. Grief that their best efforts to educate and protect were insufficient. Outrage that local councils ignored established safety procedures. Depression and anxiety are on the rise as we discover that our own resources just aren't enough. Our best efforts will fall short. They will fall short of God's vision for the world, of God's mission in the world. And even if you and I somehow managed to do everything right, we would discover that it is still possible to wind up hanging on a God-forsaken cross alone on a distant hill. The ejection of God's MVP was necessary to expose our sin-clouded judgment. It was the only way that God could overturn our judgment and achieve lasting victory. God confirmed Jesus as God's MVP by overturning our judgment against him. God's ruling has final say, and not just for Jesus, but for all creation. Every unseen foul, every bad call, every miscarriage of justice has been overturned in the redemption of God's MVP. Furthermore, the spiritual powers which hold us will be ejected from the game in the final quarter. God's MVP is the only one capable of winning the championship. God's MVP is the only one capable of carrying us to victory. Jesus is God's MVP. He's the all-star player that we have been waiting for. He's the one who unites us when we're busy fighting amongst ourselves. He's the one who boosts our morale when we're on the brink of giving up. He's the one who keeps us focused and clear about our purpose. He's the one who makes the winning goal when the score is tied in double overtime. The powers of the world will fall before him. The twisted judgments of this age will be made straight by him. All who rely on him through faith will be upheld and share in his championship victory. We have been baptized into Christ's ejection. 
We are a community of faith born in the penalty box. Our ministry is with all who live near the pool's gutter. God calls us to struggle against the powers that hold us as we wait for final victory. God calls us to struggle against the powers which hold our world as we move towards the championship game. No matter how brutal the game gets, we move forward in confidence that the final outcome has already been decided. Victory is ours through Jesus Christ, our team captain, God's MVP. Though hidden, he is our ever-present help in times of trouble. For when we're scratched and we're bruised from our tussle with the world, he washes us, he washes our cuts, and he anoints them with the remembrance of our baptism. When we're wasting away on spiritual junk food, he's the one who feeds us abundantly with good things from his table. We cling to Christ's victory when God's word convicts us. We fall on God's grace when our best just has not been good enough. We cling to God's forgiveness when our worst has been exposed, knowing that Christ already accomplished everything needed for victory. No matter how strong our opponent is, no matter how clever and how cunning they may be, they have already lost to Christ, who is God's MVP. Friends in Christ, the stakes of the game are high. Our lives and the lives of our neighbors around the world hang in the balance. Let us not be fooled. Eternal life belongs to God alone. We share in God's eternal life through the everyday stuff which conceals Christ. Christ who has mastered the game above and the game below. Christ who is our champion who carries us to victory. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sharing the Bread of Life. For more information on the mission and ministries of St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.stTimothyskokie.org or like us on Facebook. Check back next week for a new episode. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always.